welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast series from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. Hello, I'm Professor Lisa Stansby, Dean of the Leeds School of Arts, and I'm here today in the Leeds School of Arts building with Matty Bovin, fashion designer and senior lecturer here at Leeds Beckett University. Hello, Matty. How are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm good, thank you. I'm excited for doing this today. Um, if you could tell me a bit about your recent success, the double Walmart prize that you've won. Yeah, so it's, um, well, it's not long known really that much. I think it's been a couple of weeks. I've kind of lost track, but it's been kind of crazy. Obviously, um, I've been a finalist for the competition about nine months now. It was, it was a, it's a process with Walmart, so um, it was a really amazing journey anyway. And then to be told, you know, that I'd won not one, but both of the prizes that were up for grabs was um, kind of crazy and uh, amazing. It's great to have such validation from such an amazing panel of judges from around the world, really, in, in the fashion industry. But um, yeah, obviously, they usually do a live final and we did it all on Zoom. So it was a, it was a very different, uh, I think, way of doing it. So um, it felt even more, I guess, surreal in that sense. But I'm very uh, honoured and very uh, grateful. Yeah, it's been crazy. Can you tell us a bit about the work for the prize? Because you've got some of it with us here today. And I know yeah. that you're really interested in storytelling and there's some fantastic stories in the work. Totally, yeah. It's a very important aspect of my work, as is the process really as well. So with Walmart, what's great is you kind of do a diary as you go along as well to show the judges like your process. And I did a lot of like stop motion videos of me uh, knitting the fabric and these looks in the middle on my domestic machine at home in studio and painting the uh, knitted dress with the cables that I had hand knitted in York and then dyeing the fabric. So I really tried to show them how hands-on it is because I think a lot of people in the world anyway, think fashion kind of gets designed, it gets made, and it's kind of like dropped out of a machine or dropped out of a factory. So it was really uh, important for me to be able to showcase to people, you know, via social media and the competition, the local element I incorporate into my work and the process of it really. But yeah, there's a lot of stories in each garment and the whole project has a title and it has a story. So it's very important for me. I think it just goes hand in hand. It's important to, for me to have a concept to be able to design and also to explain the work to people, I think. That's great. So the collection's called Odyssey. Could you tell us a bit about the ideas behind that as a kind of theme? Totally. So it's kind of split into sort of three loose parts. Uh, the main, we presented the um, majority of the Walmart looks as part of our main line in February 2021. And then we had a special uh, hero look, it's called, for Walmart. Because of the competition, the final and the delays, it was a bit more lenient this year. So the look at the, at the end, actually, the black and white and red wool here with the blue belt, that's the hero look. So that was a special look that was never released just for Woolmark. So, um, yeah, so the collection was roughly inspired by sort of a narrative of these characters being uh, sort of uh, windswept away and um, I don't, kind of drowning at sea overnight. And so it was kind of like the idea of the journey being swept away, going under the waves and entering this sort of, sort of like um, psychosis state, which is where the kind of frenzied patterns and hallucination looks come from and then sort of coming out on the other side but it was kind of my work's always got light and dark themes anyway it's a bit always dystopian really and so I think it was probably some sort of reaction to what we were going through because it was made all in winter it was a very it felt like a very long winter this year so yeah. it really was um intense I think that came out in the work so it was about all these characters basically uh sort of uh, facing a lot of struggle and strife, I think, you know. So it was interesting um, that it came out in the work so much. But I, a concept's great to design in, otherwise you kind of, there's, you know, I, I need to have an emotion, I need to have a feeling to work with. Yeah. 
And also, I understand some of it was made, or if not all of it, in Yorkshire. Yep. Um, so if we go through uh, the fabric on the left, the hero look, that was actually all made by A.W. Hainsworth in Yorkshire, which was great. We worked with them on special jacquard fabrics, so they were great to work with. They obviously have got a great reputation in the textile world. And, uh, you know, they've got the Royal Warrant. They've been, you know, they, they, they work with all the high-end uh, sort of um, military fabrics. You know, they, they, I don't know if that's correct saying that. Maybe we have to take that a bit out. But, you know, <laughs> I think because it's not actually military, but they do that, the guards' uniforms. Yeah, yeah. They do so the Royal Guards, don't they? They do Royal Guards, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they've got, they've got great history and they were very excited on this project. They're a, they work with Woolmark anyway, because, you know, this is all merino wool. So it was great fun, you know, and um, had close contact with them. The other two sort of patterned looks were knitted all by, by me in the studio. And the bases from those are both actually uh, thick duffel fabric from uh, off Roland's offcuts from A.W. Hainsworth as well. Uh, the dress, the cable dress at the back, that's all knitted by hand in York. And the wool I dyed myself um, and then gave to the hand knit around the corner for me. Then the coat was all dyed by me as well. And the top underneath was screen printed in-house. My mum makes the belt with me. <laughs> so it's, very, it's, it's, it's always been a kind of a local thing anyway, because <coughs> to get things made in the UK is tricky. You know, and um, I like the sort of artistic, sort of very special one-off pieces. So it made sense yeah. for me. And also I wanted to showcase the importance of craft and passing down these techniques to the younger generation, really. Okay. Um, and also, obviously, wool is a big thing in your work and knit. So where does that stem from? Well, I learned how to knit when I was 11 from my grandma. So again, this relates to the passing down the craft and stuff. And it's weird because my mum and dad, uh, my mum's crafty but never knitted, you know, so it's kind of... Um, it was more old-fashioned, I think, to her generation. So I think I did it one half term. I was really bored staying with my grandma in Norfolk, and I think she had all these, you know, bit balls of wool and stuff. She was an avid knitter, and she taught me. And I was never massively technical when I was younger, but I was always into it. So I used to make, like, scarves and stuff, you know, make little weird toys and stuff. And, like, I don't know, like... Because, you know, even then, wool was not super cheap. So... And then I obviously um, got... I actually got a knitting machine when I was 16 from my... Dad's mum's friend in Bradford had a knitting machine. She was an avid machine knitter, which was kind of a crazy thing to do as a hobby because they're quite difficult machines to run. And it was really from there. And then I, you know, uh, I went to study uh, BA and MA fashion design knitwear at St Martin's. And it was for me, it was the best possible thing because even by hand, you can create something out of kind of nothing. You know, you can have a few balls of wool and you can make something super custom and super special. And I think textiles and texture to me just goes hand in hand with the fashion side. It's really important, you know, and you can tell a lot of a story with the textile. So I think, you know, the work behind, it's very uh, tactile. It's very like 3D. And I think it's interesting in the age of digital to try and showcase that. It's never easy, but even today, for everyone seeing the looks, they look different how they look in pictures because it's just very different when you see it physically it's in front of you. much more tactile, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah. And also, obviously, you mentioned that some of the pieces are made with offcuts, and obviously, you're into the ethics and the sustainability of fashion. Could you talk us a bit more through, I guess, how that started and, and what kind of things you do in the process of making your garments? Totally, yeah. So, well, when I started buying fabric and making my own clothes when I was like 16, um, I used to go to a shop in Shipley uh, that had uh, remnants. And I, I started going there, and, you know, I was always like, this is great, that fabric's really like, amazing, but I can't. I always knew if I wanted to do my own thing, I was like, in England, it's very hard to source fabrics. Yeah. And I was like, I can't make, I can only make a certain amount. So it's always the way I've worked. Yarn, especially in the UK, is very difficult to get. A lot of it's like you get from Italy. So there's places you can get like X designer yarns. And, 
Um, so for me, it was always the way I've worked anyway. And you know, I've got yarns, I've still got cones of yarn that I've had since I was 16. I've still got fabric since I was 16 that I've never quite used yet. You know, that's like half my life of stuff I've kept and been like, there'll be a use for it one day. You know, it's kind of nuts, but at the same time, I know it'll come back into it. You know, be... So each season, there are, it's always been like that. And that's why I realized a few years ago, actually I should communicate this more to people because people are interested, you know, even though I did it always anyway. And um, yeah, it's important. Wool's a great material because it biodegrades, you know, there's all that aspect. Even the Lurex we used this season was um, recycled Lurex, which is like the glitter filament you put into stuff. Um, you know, there's obviously certain things you can't always get 100% right, but it's very important for me to try my best, you know, even with the sequins we had, uh, they were like 30% recycled, sustainable in that respect, you know, because there's a lot of plastic, but that's the good thing about offcuts and roll ends is that you can give that a life that a lot of factories years ago or mills would have thrown away because you can, you know, you can get a complete use out of it. And it's more fun, I think. I like, I even like when stuff's damaged, you know, like got the wrong dye lot. For me, it's much more interesting, but I like things to be a bit more human, I guess, in that respect, so. <laughs> I guess the other thing is what you've talked through so far, you know, there's, there's mills that you've worked with in Yorkshire and actually you're based in York, which people might think is quite unusual that you're not based in London. Yeah. So there's that conscious choice to be in York. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I'm from York. Um, I was actually born in Leeds, but I'm born and raised in York. And I moved to London, obviously, to study, and I was in Paris for a bit. And then um, I moved back to save money with my parents, and they got a garage, which I used as a studio, and sort of just start. I've always made stuff anyway, so it was kind of an extension of that. And then I've never gone back because uh, there's something about it I really like. Obviously, with the pandemic, it was even better because I was, you know, I wasn't, I was stressed about money, but I wasn't, you know, on the line in London like I would have been. Um, it is very unusual, but I quite like that, and I guess, mm, you know, it's, it was unusual then, but now it's slightly less unusual. You know, there's been mass exodus from London, and I've always been a big champion of the North and the talent we have up here, you know, and so I never thought it was a big issue, but then I realised as the older I got, people still were like, oh, you know, people miss here and they think I'm in New York, you know. We've had stuff sent back to the studio saying York, New York, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's you know, for fashion it's an interesting one, but you know, it's, people know I'm here now, you know, they've, they've got used to it. Yeah, yeah, great. And also you mentioned the pandemic then, what kind of effect has that had on your work and I guess the wider fashion industry? Because obviously it's yeah. massive effect yeah. on everyone, but well, in it, particular for fashion, Totally, well it ground, grounded all the shows and everyone, you know, people weren't showing again and it became very like doer and very kind of scary. For me, I kind of loved the challenge of it. So I was like, okay, how are we gonna show? So we actually went around locations in York, which we'd never do normally. And we hired an, an old chapel in a cemetery, which was great. And we thought, how are we going to use models? You know, who's up here? How do we cast them? You know, we'd never done that before. It's always in London. And then, um, so we decided to sort of build a mannequin doll thing that we used. I mean, it was great fun. You know, I looked back and was like, oh, I was actually so, we enjoyed that so much. But we don't even sure if we were doing a collection, you know, it's, and it kind of was uncommercial, but then people really liked it. You know, it's, I think, it did affect it, but at the same time, we've worked remotely with people for years anyway, because it's really just me and Greg in the studio. So we work with everyone else via email and phone, you know. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, you know, we were bubbled up because we were working together. So it was kind of, it was surreal and it wasn't. It was just kind of like we sort of carried on and we launched um, eShop last year. I did like a diffusion line, which is basically just t-shirts and jumpers and stuff done by hand that we um, launched in that. So it was kind of like trying to think of ways we could still do stuff, you know, so it was, it was interesting, yeah. yeah. And obviously you mentioned kind of the online and remote working. 
Um, how important do you think it is, I guess, for students nowadays that they consider, I guess, the digital and the PR side of what they do? You, I mean, you do a lot of work on Instagram, you make zines, all of those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I think like anything creative, it needs to go hand in hand. You know, I'm not against digital, but I'm also not against physical. I like a mixture. So even if I did show stuff digitally, I try and get across the texture. I try and put up video of process, you know, me painting the jackets or something it can be, or me, you know, knitting something. So people kind of understand that it's still a really physical thing, even if it kind of looks different in digital. But I mean, even today, I mean, I think it's important to still keep these digital, um, sorry, these physical skills. And when I was teaching over the past year, some of my advice to students would be really try and, you know, take an hour out of your day when you don't sit on your laptop or your phone all the time, because it's not just for your mental health, but physically. And it's really not rewarding, you know, I, that's why I love doing craft and like physically making stuff it's a really rewarding process i mean this isn't even just fashion students it's creative students in general or anyone yeah. it's just great to kind of try and teach yourself a new skill and physically try and learn how to do something different because it's so much more rewarding you know everyone's getting really anxious i mean i myself everyone was looking at the news a lot the past 18 months you know it's been people got really addicted to it you know and i've got family members who you know got really scared about the uh, pandemic and stuff so i think it's for me, it was kind of like really just trying to focus on positive things and, you know, everyone knows knew what was happening. You just have to try and, I tried to channel it into something really. Yeah. And I guess going back to yourself when you were a student, is, it, is fashion something you always thought you would do from an early age or is it something that evolved? Um, no, actually, I always did want to be a fashion designer and I don't know where that, I mean, my mum was really creative when I was growing up, you know, she used to like tie-dye tablecloths and you know, she was a childminder, so we were always doing crafty stuff with the kids, like collaging and stuff, you know, it was kind of really fun. And um, I liked Barbie growing up. I think maybe that kind of, I don't know, I liked sort of making them weird outfits and stuff, but I don't know, I don't know if that was what brought it on. I just liked clothes and I liked the express, self-expression through clothes and styling and fashion, but fashion wasn't a thing I knew, have, had a clue how to get my foot in the door over, you know, I didn't know anyone that was really into fashion. My parents, I'd never seen an issue of Vogue or anything growing up. It wasn't that sort of house, you know. I didn't know how it worked. And when I was at school, I went to, you know, careers talk and I said, I want to be a designer. And they were like, you know, it was just like, no way. <laughs> so um, luckily I went to college um, at 16 to study fashion and fine art. And I was very lucky that I kind of, I did always know, you know, I remember it. Like, I don't, I don't, like I said, I still don't really know why, but there wasn't really anything else in the pipeline. I was like, I really want to be a designer, even if it was, you know, the textile side or the fashion, you know, I didn't know, but I just knew I enjoyed making stuff. But yeah, it's very young to be that specific, I guess. And you mentioned uh, an influence of Barbie then as well. Mm. And I know that you've done some work with Barbie. Yeah. Could you talk us through that? Because that's quite a different angle. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I guess when people look at my work, they wouldn't immediately think Barbie, but Barbie's been through many transformations. You know, it's a, it's a character that's trans, uh, uh, transcends time and space, you know. As a kid, I liked all the... Um, it was very detailed, and I don't, you know, when I was a kid, it was very detail-oriented. You know, he got a little, like it was all very like the little Velcro and zips, and you know, I liked all that side. I wasn't really a character player with uh, dolls and toys. You know, I was very much like I liked putting things together on, like I liked Lego and I liked yeah. Connect. You know, I liked things where you could transform them into your own. Creativity. Yeah, well, basically, you could put your own stamp on them. You know, so you could make the dolls look different. You know, you could put them in different looks, and you could make Lego different. So I guess I've never really thought about it, but I guess that all had this connection of you could make it into something that didn't, wasn't off the shelf in that way. So, um, but Barbie was great fun. Yeah, we made a film. We had, we didn't, we had like a couple of weeks to do it and we just sort of, you know, it was quite early on in my career and it was just like hit the ground running and let's just get some local kids and let's style them and let's film them. You know, and then I did some um, special edition dolls for them, made tiny outfits for them, which was great fun. So, 
yeah, it was great. It was like, kind of like a full circle moment, I guess. You know, I was there making the clothes and the gun. <laughs> so it was great. It was great fun, yeah. The Leeds School of Arts is united by a common goal to encourage individuality, to inspire creativity and to create impact. They have an exciting and experimental approach to contemporary creative practice and aim to give all students the confidence, curiosity and commitment to thrive at university and beyond. With a history that spans over 170 years, the Leeds School of Arts has over 40 courses in subjects ranging from architecture and landscape, creative technology, art and design, through to fashion, film, music and performing arts. So, if any of these subjects interest you, whether you're starting out on your educational journey or wishing to progress professionally, go to leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash LSA for more information. Could you tell us a bit more about your time studying fashion at college? What was that like as an yeah, experience? Totally. Well, I mean, obviously it's quite, looking back, it's a very young age to go straight into doing fashion at 16. But my school didn't have a sixth form, so we all had to kind of go and find somewhere else. And, you know, it was a really exciting time. So when I did it, I did a, it was National Diploma, which I think now is kind of like an NVQ, I think, is what people do. Um, and it was great because we got kind of a, we had proper industrial machines, we had pattern cutting, you know, it was kind of like nuts to go from, you know, textiles at the secondary school, which didn't really have an onus on textiles, to be able to study at, you know, proper level. And it was, it was great fun, you know, it was, I had a fab time and I learned a lot of the basics quite young, which is good. Um, but I was always trying to do stuff with weird stuff. Of course, you know, I was kind of like trying to use weird materials and trying to sort of, I don't know, I guess be young and question why we had to do it a certain way. And then I also did fine art alongside that, which was uh, incredibly eye-opening because, you know, arts education at secondary school levels pretty, uh, you know, it's, quite small I think you know we didn't have much time on it yeah. so it was great you know I learned a lot of history of art and stuff so it, that was one of, like, an amazing time from between 16 to 18 you know everything kind of started to like open my eyes and you know kind of growing and I had ambitions you know I wanted to go to London and study fashion you know I, you know I was always very creative so I wanted to go and be really creative and study you know so it was um, it was a great time but two years it felt quite long but looking back it's a very short amount of time. <laughs> And you teach on our fashion design course here at Leeds Beckett. What do you like the most about doing that? Well, it's a great course, firstly. I mean, I've been lucky enough to teach here for a couple of years now, at least. So we've kind of, I've seen the transformation of the course, you know, from the early days to where it is now. And it's, uh, the work every year gets better. It gets much stronger. You know, it's just crazy. It's this year, even with the pandemic, I've been talking to the students and teaching them. And it's, the creativity has just gone up even more. It's amazing to see, you know, they've, I was kind of worried, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I understand, you know, it's very difficult for a lot of people, they haven't had their access to resources and things were closed, you know, I was kind of expecting to be like, okay, you know, it's fine, but when we did the tutorials, um, the first round, it was just crazy, everyone had really come up trumps with it, you know, it's amazing, they'd all got their own kind of, even more of a stronger point of view, their own world, I think in a way, it kind of, almost, you know, everyone has seemed to really work even harder in the pandemic, I think, you know, being at home, people find different ways of doing things, and it just got more personal, I think, which I love. You know, I think it's great. You know, if you, you've got to sort of look inside yourself to come out with something interesting creatively and everyone's done great. So it's a great course and it's got amazing resources. You know, it's got a huge, beautiful studio. I'm very jealous. It's got, it's got amazing machinery. You know, they really have everything and the staff really do know how to, you know, staff there are great and everyone, the pattern cutting is great. I mean, it's just great to see, you know, it's nice to see this physicality of all the students in the room working, you know, it's really inspiring. And you've obviously got a love of books. I mean, I've heard from the students, our fashion design students, you took a whole group of them to our library yes. to actually go through the books. Yeah. So why do you think that's important for them to go to a library and, I guess, look at real books? Well, for me, it's always, that's, I guess, although I had the internet growing up, it was very different to how people use the internet now and smartphones and everything, you know. 
So I was always sort of uh, inspired and sort of, you know, it was expected when I was studying, everyone went to the library, you know, we'd all go photocopy or you'd take pictures on an old digital camera we had, you know, and then maybe print out a couple in colour, you know, so you have to be very selective. But um, one of the best advice I got when studying at St Martin's was, you know, just go and take 10 random books off the shelves, go and sit down, go through, you will, you know, you'll find something that relates to what you're doing or inspires you for that project, even if you wouldn't think it. And that has always been really important to me, this idea of being very open to inspiration and you never know. And a book, especially, you know, the library here is amazing. I, I, you know, I've used it a lot and there's, you're never going to see everything in there. So this attitude of kind of people, you know, being like, oh, you know, I've been in there, it wasn't for me. It's like, it's never gonna, not going to be for you. It's just going in there and finding, you're always going to find something inspiring. You know, when we did that with the students, uh, it was last year, the year before it might have been, it was amazing. Everyone got completely different results, of course, you know, but it was just great to show them and everyone else actually it's super niche. You can find some super interesting stuff, even if it's a colour or a texture or a shape. You know, you have to be a bit more open in that respect. But I mean, I've been collecting books my whole life from, you know, charity shops, car boots, and I keep them all. And every time I go back, I find something different. It's, um, it's just important for me to have them around me and be able to just go back through them. You know, I've still worked with boards, inspiration boards, you know, and sketchbooks. I, I'm not super digital with the way I work. I mean, it just doesn't make sense for me. I understand some students want to work like that, and it's totally valid, but I think it's just good to. If you, especially if you're a bit in a creative rut, it's great just to take yourself to the library or any library and just think, okay, I'm going to find something that re-inspires me because you're just never going to see it all. And I know for you know the younger generation, they uh, their their use of the internet is they kind of feel like oh, I can find it on the internet. You know, and the internet's great for really specific things, but it just doesn't always work like that. You need to have that element of physical books in front of you. You might just see something, get a book out on artists or designers, and go through and see someone you'd never thought to look at that relates really well to what you're trying to say or you know you think that's what I want with this sleeve you know it's such a inspiration such a broad term it's very hard to teach in a way because it's so personal so and is there a particular way that um, obviously you've worked with the students about the design process itself um, that you've shared with them or they've responded to in particular well I think it, again it it's depends on the person so you know you really have to identify what sort of uh, turns you on in a way when you're working, when you're a designer or an artist, you know, you have to really kind of, that's also what studying's about, you find out what you like and how it works. And I think people tend to get, can pit themselves against other students, or, you know, they tend to be like, oh, so-and-so's done this much, or they've done it this way. But for me, it's really trying to break that down and say, actually, you might not be doing it that way, but that's totally valid. You know, your way is to look at this way. You know, you, you work better sketching out these big drawings, you work better doing these tiny drawings, you know, it's important to have that individual streak and to sort of help the students, I think, identify that and think, actually, that's, that's what I should be doing, you know, oh, actually, you know, even just to talk one-on-one, -on -one, that's why it's so special to do those tutorials, because you just need to kind of be like, no, you've got the work, it's, you, you just don't think you've, you're just doing it a different way to the person next to you, you know, you've, you've done something completely different, so, um, I think it really is dependent on the student, and I always say to them, you know, well, do you like it? You know, what do you like? What do you like about this image? You know, because I understand when you're studying, sometimes it can get a bit. Uh, you know, you're trying to kind of you want you want to do well, you want to get a good grade, you're going through the motions, but sometimes it's really about it's such subjective with fashion or art and design. It's really important, I think, for them to understand. You know, when you leave, this is a representation of you in whatever field you want to go into or any aspect. So I think for me, I'm always trying to get them to realise what they like and make it more um, elevated, you know, in that way. And I guess also with a lot of the work you've done, um, even your designs, they're quite sculptural. Um, you work with arts organisations, you've done commissions that are illustration. It's very, very broad. Yeah. 
Um, do you think that's quite important to kind of think outside fashion as well? Totally, yeah. And I think now more than ever, it's really important for young people to try and, uh, you know, try their hand at other skills. This is kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, I think it's great. You know, I didn't really ever think I could draw when I was growing up and even when I was older. And, you know, but I'm a testament to myself that I didn't believe I had the skills, but it just took time and practice. And it just, you know, then someone saw something in the drawings, you know, and that, that's great. So, no, I think it's more important than ever to be, you know, have a go at styling. Have, you know, what, you've got nothing to lose when you're young, especially try it, you know, and then if you bring it in and we look at it and we think, you know, oh, actually great, you know, you've got a really good eye for this, you know, you've got to kind of put yourself out there. And I think I understand people get a bit insular over things like that, but, you know, there's no right and wrong with creativity, you know. If you have four tutors sat in front of you, everyone's going to have a different opinion. I might love it, someone might hate it, they might love it. I might. That's, that's a really important lesson to learn in creativity, that when you leave here, you know, or any institution, everyone's opinion is different in the real world. So it's kind of important that I think young people understand that it is, it people will relate to your work in different ways, you know, and it's not black and white in that respect. And do you think Yorkshire's a good place for fashion generally? Uh, lots of opportunities here to do things? Well, I think it, it, it is, and I think even more so now it's starting to open up. You know, we do have a lot of manufacturing still here, even if it's kind of hidden. You know, we have a lot of suppliers still here. We have a lot of good fabric shops here. I mean, even in London, you know, it's limited now. Everything's kind of changing. But we also have what is amazing in Leeds. We have a Henry Moore Institute around the corner. We have the Art Gallery. We have the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, which I am doing a project with the end of this year, which is very exciting. Um, you know, and growing up, going to those places, uh, to me, it was just amazing. You know, it was great they were here. It's very accessible still, you know. And even just down the road, you know, we've got the Henry Moore Institute, which I love going to. So, um, I, there is a lot of there's the Hepworth obviously in Wakefield as well you know there's a lot of places that are kind of you can get inspiration from I think totally and you know there's a lot of um, actual in Leeds especially there's a lot of even designer clothes places which is fascinating for research I always tell students to go and look at the clothes you know even just look how they're made or fabrications it's like even for me when I look at clothes in those shops it's amazing to see how people do stuff you know you never stop learning those aspects so it's it's always great fun and you know I think there's always a nice energy in cities like Leeds you know there's always been this kind of young sort of vibrant energy and I feel like even the students I was teaching at Broadcasting Place the other week you know the creativity has just gone up and I think really I feel like it's there's a nice energy and wave coming into the city of Leeds you know and I think a lot of people I know in London have moved out there's everything's sort of changing the internet's changing stuff the accessibility to stuff you know um it's there's definitely a sort of something in the air I think which is great you know and Leeds has always had great opportunities but it's getting a lot better you know it's getting a really great vibe I think you know with a lot of people commuting I mean moving up to here I think. And also obviously um, in your recent work the Odyssey collection you've worked with um, some of the mills yeah with some of the kind of I guess quite traditional yeah uh, jacquard looms and things like that and obviously Yorkshire we've got that amazing history I mean was it quite important for you to work with the kind of those processes in Yorkshire? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, that's always kind of always been at the forefront of my mind. Anyway, to try and use people locally. I mean, you know, it just makes sense. Why wouldn't I? But it's still hard to find those people. So even with Woolmark, it opened the doors with A. W. Hainsworth, who were great. You know, and it's so crazy almost to me that they were all this beautiful fabric, you know, on my doorstep. But it's it's sort of learning about those places and you know hearing people talk about them, which is why I love talking about places like that. So you know, even they do have like offcuts and roll ends for young people to explore. You know, and I think they do actually. Um, they do donate, I think, to a lot of colleges and schools. I think um, Becca has had some from them before, which is great. I mean, it's so exciting to work with, you know, I love it. <laughs> and I guess finally, would you have any particular advice you'd want to give to our fashion design students? Well, I guess kind of continuing from what I've been saying, I really would say that it's to not try and be something you're not. You know, you really have to 
I think just be really honest with the, you know, with the staff, with your peers. I think just really, you know, be like, this is what I really like. I'm interested in looking at this, you know. You know, these are my favourite designers, these are my favourite artists. I, don't, yeah. I think honesty is really important because I think sometimes people get a bit swept up in trying to, almost trying to please other people when really creativity should all be about personal, uh, you know, looking, looking through your own history, you know, whether it's growing up, with you, you know, what you liked as a kid even can inform what you like now. You know, it can be a memory, it can be an idea, it can be a narrative. But I think it's really important to try and, well, especially now, you know, try and really identify this is what I like, you know, this is where I like presenting stuff, you know, I like this, this sort of paper even, I like this sort of drawing, you know, I want to scan it in, I want it all digital. I think it's just really important to be really honest with yourself and be like, you know, this is really me, because when you leave, people will understand and relate to it more if, you know, if you really believe in it. I think when you're trying to do something and you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's this, or you know, even if it's commercial, you know, you want to go work in a big house, you want to work for a small company, or you want to work for a, you know, uh, even like a you know, high street, more of a high street fashion brand, everyone's going to want to see a part of you and your work. Uh, you know, obviously you just have to tailor it to fit with who you're going for, you know, interviews and stuff with. So I think my advice is, that's what I learned when I was studying, and it was really important advice, even if it sounds obvious, to really just to be yourself and not try and be something that you think other people want. Yeah, be true to yourself. Yeah, totally. And now more than ever, I think it's very important to listen to that as, when you're studying. <laughs> There's some amazing photographs I've seen as well, I think on your Instagram of the actual jacquard loom in, in, in process of yeah. producing some of the jackets and things. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's proper industrial, you know, it's a proper mill. It's, it's artisan, but it's heavy duty, you know, they know, like it's, when I watched the video, when I, I couldn't go for a tour, sadly, because we were in peak COVID lockdown. But I was desperate to have a look because, you know, it's just amazing they have all that facilities there, you know. And it, but it still worked remotely, you know. We st it, it can still work, you know, designing stuff through and sending it. But it was just great fun. And the fact they were here was, you know, spe really special. Even my dad had heard of, you know, he knew them from, because he's from Bradford. He knew of them from just from their history and their kind of, their kind of, um, you know, backstory. And it's kind of amazing, you know, there was that connection. And so it's been a really exciting process working with people locally definitely. So we're hopefully coming out of kind of lockdowns. Um, what would it be like for you to go back to perhaps doing catwalk shows, um, kind of having that interaction with other people? Um, well yeah so we kind of are in the transitional phase I think but I, I have actually enjoyed the challenge of not doing a catwalk show as much as I love doing them I really do. It's been interesting to try and communicate through you know a, di a different medium through video through digital it was way more DIY you know when we shot the looks in the video for o Odyssey that we had like three people and gone set the whole time and then just models you know it was I was shooting it all on my you know my iPhone <laughs> so it was fascinating I kind of love being thrown a challenge but you know I can't wait in the future to see where it's going to go I mean I can't talk about what we're doing next but it's kind of uh, sort of incorporating everything really up to this point so it's going to be exciting it's um I like like I say I like the challenge so uh, it's been a fascinating but we don't you know we never know what's going to happen around the corner that's the good thing that's come out of this I think we've got to all be flexible and we've all got to learn we've all learned that you can't predict what's going to happen so there's always that sense of flexibility in my head I think so yeah trying to keep the vision there but just communicating it in different ways I think yeah do you think the uh, fashion industry will be different coming out of the pandemic? They might have learned think, to do things differently? I think so, yeah. I think, I think it's already become a lot more fluid. I mean, there are shows at the moment going on, I know, but it's, it's become very different already. And I think, I think it's exciting. I think it's great for the young people, great for students. I think there's a window of opportunity. You know, I think suddenly you can kind of do it on your own terms, when you want, how you want, where you want. And I think that's a great thing, to be honest. Okay, thanks for that. Thanks so much, Lisa. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. 
So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week.